1: All right. good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon. It's Tuesday on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Trent Condon, Ken Miller with you for the next couple of hours as we talk a lot of different sports here on the program today. Coming up on the BMW of Des Moines guest list, less than 15 minutes away from our friend Wade Lookingbill, a former Hawkeye, he will join us. The AP has released uh, their top 25. You'll find Iowa preseason. Yeah. Uh, at the five slot, of course, Media Day was held yesterday. We'll get Wade looking. Bill's thoughts on that. He'll join us coming up at about 10.15. Toward the bottom of the hour, our friend Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News mentioned this yesterday during the program. If you listen to Trent and I at any regularity at all, uh, first of all, thank you. Uh, secondly, uh, Vinnie Iyer is one of our NFL guys that we go to throughout the season. He's a grad of Northwestern. But for today's conversation, uh, he's also a three-time champion on Jeopardy. He got beat in his fourth appearance on the game. This is when, back in the day when you're only allowed to win five times. Well, he didn't. He got knocked out in four. But uh, he had a. Uh, he's going to share some of his memories of uh, the late Alex Rebet who passed away over the weekend. He's done it before to an extent, but uh, we will uh, take a walk down uh, memory lane with Vinny. And then we'll get into the NFL, which is what he covers now for the Sporting News. At 11.05, uh, we're going to take a look at the Gophers with John Shipley and the Vikings. This Vikings team- Team Trent Condon, good to see you, as always. Yes, you too. Um, I just got a feeling about this squad. Uh-huh. Do you? 3-5. and five. With a huge game a week from last night. They'll be 4-5. and five. If they are, I think they're back in the hunt. I'm not saying they're getting to the playoffs, but what looked like an impossible... ah, eh, not impossible, but an uphill climb. A highly unlikely. Right, certainly. They're playing their best football. The offensive line is actually coming together. Dalvin Cook has been... An MVP candidate mm-hmm. over the last few games. They're getting some contributions on the defensive side of the football from some names that necessarily we didn't think that we're going to uh, jump out, but they are. And all of a sudden, this Vikings team—they got a sneaky chance and a fun to ride that wave. You see it that way? I do. Zimmer
2: uh, is coaching up those young defensive backs. Mm-hmm. They're playing at a much higher level. You mentioned the offensive line. What guys they have? Pulled off the scrap heap and are playing some good football. The Cleveland dude, he's rating out really well. Saw that on PFF yesterday. It's just on and on and on. Ezra
1: or Ezra? Ezra. Ezra Cleveland,
2: yeah. Ezra Cleveland. I mean, There's a name for you. And that guy's playing at a high level. Cousins, he's not taking those ridiculous shots down the field. And when he got Delvin Cook, it's going to open up a whole lot in, in the way that he's playing. You know, we talked so much during the first half of the NFL schedule in the NFC, how good the NFC West was. Well, now you cross up a team in the 49ers. They, mm-hmm. They've just been decimated. Yeah, they, it's over. they
1: can't get there. I agree.
2: But still, those three other teams, if they cannibalize themselves and they're just going back and forth and beating each other uh-huh. up, it's likely somebody will be 10-6, and
1: 11-5, right. if you like the Seahawks, Rams, whoever,
2: even the Cardinals, take your pick. But it's not well, going to be... The, the,
1: the lo- the, not the loser. The second place team in the NFC South is clearly getting one.
2: Yes. Right. But the East is not getting anything. Nope. The Bears are falling off. Yep. And you still need to get to seven, yep. and it doesn't look like there's going to be three, and certainly not four from the NFC West. So nope, there is an not opportunity anymore. there, yeah. Where
1: an eight and eight, nine and seven, yeah, you're feeling really good. But and if they do expand to eight, if COVID takes yeah, a week yep. out, um, look, they they might back into the playoffs. This Vikings team, after the start that they had, I thought there was no way in hell. And if you're the Packers, do you want to see the Vikings? No, not. I mean, they beat you two weeks ago.
2: Yeah, you want to see Dalvin Cook in the first no, round? No, not if the, you're the Seahawks. The with that atrocious defense. No. you want to see Dalvin Cook and the Vikings coming to town? No, absolutely. This is not only are they a team that can get hot and get in. This is a team that can win a game or two, yeah. I think, in the playoffs. We're
1: probably a little bit ahead of ourselves. But probably. still, the pathway is there when it looked as though it was going to be next to impossible. The schedule, I think, is very conducive. We talked about the Bears game on Monday Night Football. Boy, is that ever going to move the needle here locally, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they get the Cowboys, and they are putrid. Carolina comes to uh, to the Twin Cities. That's a tough game, but a winnable game. Jacksonville, please. Um I three in a row? three in a row at home. Yeah. At home. How about that? Tampa's going to be tough. It will be. Uh, hosting the Bears, not going to be easy. Going to New Orleans, no picnic. No. Um, but, and then, of course, Detroit to end it up. So can you find, well, where, where are they now? Three. Can you find six more wins to get to nine and seven and feel really good? Well, Dallas-Jacksonville, Detroit is three. At
2: least one of the Chicago's because seems like they split four. every
1: year. Right. That's four. Can he's still one more. Uh, still one more. Easy enough, right? There's there's a pathway to get there. There is. Uh, so just real quick on the game. Oh, by the way, and then uh, we'll talk to Matt Rudy, our friend. He's a Spartan grad, Michigan State grad, so we might remind him what happened to Kinnick this past weekend. Although we'll see how might, deep
2: he wants to go into that one. Yeah,
1: he might want to just gloss over that and go back two weeks when they beat their in-state yes. rival. Uh, but he's our guy from Golf Digest, and uh, I've talked to Matt Rudy about golf over uh, 20-something years of my career, which is amazing to think uh, that he's still doing it, and he's still uh, willing to come on uh, here. In Des Moines, so he'll do that coming up at uh, at 11:30. I told you yesterday. Feel the same today. I'm really not into this. I love the Masters, except this year. Uh, Thursday and Friday will be okay, but man, football is Saturday and Sunday. Fun game last night, right? I mean, the game, I was entertained. I was entertained yes. too. I mean, a game that comes right down to the end last night. There were times I thought I was watching the XFL, right? <laughs> I mean, it, it seemed like it was bad, mediocre football at times, and then there were times that okay. This isn't bad, uh, including the touchdown pass to Crowder. Yes, which is just—I mean, my gosh, what an incredible pass by Joe Flacco! Maybe a better catch by Crowder as he taps both feet. It was mm-hmm. originally called uh, that he was out of bounds. There's no way he was out of bounds, and thank God for replay and HDV on our television. it was a
2: decent game. I enjoyed, but I, I was—I was a lot more locked in than I anticipated I was going to be. And Mr. Monday Night scored. Oh, another win for yes. Mr. Monday Night as he goes over 500 on the year. Perryman early with the touchdown. Yes. And yeah. then it comes out, the broadcast, Joe Flacco has just passed Joe Montana. A lot of people. What the hell I is know. going on?
1: Like, but Did you see Frank Schwab's tweet? Uh, I- I'm going to need a moment. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was football fans across the country, right? Wait a second. Joe Flacco just passed by Joe Montana? It's unthinkable. Yeah, it kind of is. But. Here we are. Yes. Uh and Joe Joe Flacco actually for with the exception of the of the uh interception late in the football <laughs> game. He'd had he'd been playing pretty well up until well, that Well, you, you know exactly standards. what
2: they were doing there. They get the ball back. All right, let's put this thing away. Didn't see the safety there. If it, yeah. if that was one-on-one, that's what you do in that spot. Mm-hmm. That's why you go play action on first and 10. They had four plays in the fourth quarter. Yeah. That interception yeah. and a three and out. That's it. Four plays. Nuts. Late in the... I mean, they dominated that football game for better parts of three quarters. Yeah, but there's a reason they're winless. But the fourth quarter... And there is not a doubt in my mind. Adam Gase, you're keeping him around because that guy will find a way to screw it up. Man. Oh, you think that this is part they, of the,
1: uh, the the grand yes. plan.
2: You bring in no. somebody else, there's a chance you get a little bit of a dead cat bounce. You right? don't want that. No, that's a good point. Adam Gase, you keep going out there and you do your no. thing, Adam Gase, which
1: is be an awful coach. <laughs> and isn't it isn't it... um I mean, this just goes to show you how many people think that Trevor Lawrence is absolutely can't miss. Mm -hmm. That they're willing this uh, this early into the uh, into the tenure just to cut him loose and and go in a different direction because uh, we're getting our guy. And Darnold, you're not good enough, Uh, anyways. Do you got a problem with that though? No, I don't. Do you see Trevor
2: Lawrence at that level? At what level? As as an elite superstar level? A can't miss. Yes. I think Justin
1: Fields is too.
2: When he throws an incompletion, it's It's rare. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Those no. numbers that they put up, and the graphic goes up every mm-hmm. Ohio State game. It's nuts. It's unthinkable yep. that a guy can play at that level. Mm-hmm. Plus, you have Trey Lance. This is a good quarterback class. We'll see you guys like Zach Wilson mm-hmm. of BYU. Yeah. Trask at Florida. Uh, yes. A guy that wouldn't be playing football if it wasn't an injury to Felipe Frank, who's doing a nice job himself he in is, Arkansas. He's
1: turned his career back around. i root for that kid. He got right that not beat out of him. Yes, he did. Oh, uh, Just in his freshman season. I mean, what, what a uh, team guy. He took shot after shot and kept coming back for more. You know who's on the Jets that maybe, I don't want to spend the segment on him, but what a career Frank Gore has had, right? 37 a, years old? Yes, a running back that was drafted in 2005. A running back that's 37 years old in the NFL. I mean, what an unbelievable career. He's going to hang it up and go right to can based on longevity, if nothing else. I do want to save some time. we got like five minutes before we get to Wade looking, Bill. Mm -hmm. Chicago White Sox have a problem. Oh, no doubt. Uh, Their manager is a drunk, and he is a uh, a serial drunk driver. And don't give me that he's only got caught. He has. You're right. You would be right to say this. He's got caught twice. Right? Well, that we know about. That, that we know about. He's got caught twice that we know about. Um, 2007, he's learned his lesson. This will never, ever happen again. Mm-hmm. I feel awful for what I did.
2: Remember, this is the time that he fell
1: asleep uh-huh. at a stoplight. In Jupiter, Florida, where the Cardinals have their spring training facility, or in the area. And wasn't it like 4 in the morning Don't or something like Don't remember the time, Trent, but it was... I want to
2: say it was an odd time no. that it was happening. It was depending on how you look at it, early in the morning or late in the evening, whatever way, direction you're coming there. It was a really odd time mm-hmm. there, but that was when we got never going to happen again.
1: Yep. And then he gets he gets in a wreck, Um, says he hit something in the road and he blew a tire. I mean, he's a liar. I don't know if you believe him or not. Um, So the cops come and he refuses to blow. Mm-hmm. Then he goes back to the station. And he refuses to give blood. So they have to go and get a warrant for him to give the blood sample. We're still awaiting the result on that. Now, he said that he told the White Sox prior to the hiring. The White Sox said they were aware of it. I don't know if I can believe either one of those stories. It's going to help Tony LaRusso look like a better guy because he came forward. He didn't keep it a secret. Mm -hmm. It's going to help the White Sox because it's going to make them look, oh, no, 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 we did our due diligence. We were all buttoned up. yeah, Yeah, we were all buttoned up on this BS. Um, there, you, you can make a case that it's beneficial for both parties to go with this story. But the bottom line is, this is a 76-year-old guy, and I have nothing against the age, with the exception of, I don't believe he's changed. I don't, more than the drunk driving, I don't believe that this guy who was as... Um, unwilling. This is 2020. Tony La Russa doesn't look to me like he's a guy that's willing to change with the times that we were in mm-hmm. and the necessity to do just that. I think that the White Sox have a horrible, horrible situation on their hands. And if I'm a White Sox fan, which I'm not, although I like that team because they're fun to watch. Yes, they are. Um, you you have to be thinking serious if you got the right guy.
2: I think it was a high, a, a terrible hire from the get-go. It just... For what you're trying to do, it doesn't make a lick of sense. You got this young team, you have a brash team, you have guys that are talkers, you got guys that wear their emotions on their Mm -hmm. sleeve. And you're going to bring in this old school guy to tamp that down? Right. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, he won. He hasn't won in a long time, though. Right. He hasn't managed in a long time. There's a reason for
1: that. The Uh game
2: is evolving, and you're bringing in this. The players are
1: evolving. As much as anything.
2: You think Tim Anderson and him are, are going to get along no. well? You Louis... think him and Yohan Mankata, who no. has always been a guy that we've heard. Free spirit. Of.
0: And
1: Yohan it's kind of a wimp. Yeah, but for, for Robert, I mean, this is a
0: guy that with
2: the, the
1: joy story. of the game. Yes. And he is Smile on of, his face. No question, Trent. He is one of the, I get Mike Trout, right, where mm-hmm. he is placed in the in the game. Give this Robert kid a couple of years. Right. I mean, look what he did this year in his as he dipped his toe into Major League Baseball for the first time. This is a bad hire, and this is a bad look on the White Sox. I don't care what anybody says. I know Cappy's going to defend. Well, I don't know if Cappy's going to defend him tomorrow. I did prior, He did defend him prior to the uh, news being broken last night. by was it Jeff Passan? Yes. Yeah, that's where I saw it first. Jeff Passan in. Tooth, previous, I I should be able, I should find it and I should post it on her Twitter account. He eviscerated LaRusa in a column, not recently. But years passed before he th- went. I might've, he might have been at Yahoo Sports. Just eviscerated him uh, for some of the uh, for some of the antics that he pulled. And the, uh look, it's it's 2020. That's the bottom line. I don't think this managerial style. Now you pile on top of it the second drunk driving and the fact that apparently he was a real dick when he was pulled over and refusing to do all of these things. Um, you know, causing him to get a warrant. I don't know, Trent. You made a
2: mistake. You have a chance now to rectify it. The, the White Sox, The White true. Sox, Yes, too. that's true. But Reinsdorf, after he walked away, hands off, all of a sudden he got his nose back in it. Yep. He demanded a terrible hire. Now walk it back.
1: Yep. Walk it back. And, and here's your opportunity. It's a very so. easy
2: way to do it. Because do you want to do this in June? And this team's mm-hmm. milling around and there's infighting. Are and we playing is... baseball in June, by the way? Yeah. We're okay, playing good. We're okay. playing baseball in June. Yep. And that's happening. Do it now. Yep. Do it now. Pull the Band-Aid You're... off. Because it's going to hurt a lot more if this team disappoints coming out in the beginning of the
1: season. Trent, they're going to be a major, major player. And I don't have to tell you, as a Twins fan, this is a team that's arrow is clearly pointing up. Look, if you're going to back one of the teams in Chicago in the next five years, who who are you backing? Who do you think's got a better chance to go further in the playoffs? The the Cubs window, I don't want to say it's slammed shut, but it's only open a crack after being you know, wide open. Uh, going back to 2017 and 18, and this team should be better. And dot, dot, dot. White Sox, a really good team with a horrible situation and one that they can maybe change. Well, the AP top 25 poll came out, and there's the Hawkeyes at number five. A, before we get Wade looking, Bill, who'll join us here in any second. Um, were you surprised that they were five? You kind of, I got the sense we're thinking oh, some were five to ten. I was thinking more in that eight, nine, ten range. Yeah.
2: That's where I figured they would be. I know there's plenty of buzz out there. I've seen plenty of the national writers have them in the top five, but I just figured overall when you get the full complement mm-hmm. of people, that they dip down a little bit more. Top in the Big Ten, the highest ranked Big Ten team, mm-hmm. highest preseason ranking, wow. and just to think that they haven't even been a part of the preseason rankings in so long—it's absolutely crazy. Even with the success that that Fran has, he's rebuilt this program to not be in the top twenty-five any time in the preseason. Kind of wild to think about.
1: And look at the teams they're with: right Gonzaga, over Virginia, and Baylor ahead of them. Wade, looking Bill is our friend. He's a former Hawk. He's going to join us a whole bunch as he always does during basketball season. It's not quite basketball season, but there is news. And we go to our friend Wade, looking Bill. Wade, Trenton, Ken. Hope you are well, Wade, looking Bill. How are things? Um,
3: Man, I'm so glad to be back on with you guys. I think the last time I talked to you was that start or the uh, supposed start of the Big Ten tournament. And it just... Our, our world is crazy, but let's just talk about basketball. All those other things will work itself
1: out. Absolutely. Um, so, so you see the the guys in practice. McCaffrey's got the shield on, and they're all wearing their three ply masks uh, as as they as they go through the paces in basketball. Uh, obviously, we've got some you know fingers crossed before we get there. But just your thoughts when you saw Iowa uh, ranked top five preseason poll. What what went through your mind?
3: I think that's about right. I think it's about right. When you look at college basketball, unless you have, I think there's, I think there's two ways that you judge teams and how they're going to do. First is, do you have pros? Do you have lottery picks on your team? Okay, uh-huh. I was not in that scenario, but I think the second way you judge, you, you you can judge how well a team's going to do is, do you have seniors and do you have veterans? Right, and that's what Iowa has. So you're talking about Garza Bohan and Camp, even. Even Jack Nungy, who really hasn't played in gosh, thirty months, but all those guys have been in the program for a long time. T.J. Frederick's gonna get better. Joe Tousant's gonna get better. So I you know, of those top uh, of those other four teams that you named, you know, Villanova's really good, Gonzaga is really good, but Baylor, you know, Virginia, it's just a weird style of play. So I I think five's just about right. Maybe even maybe even a little bit low.
2: The one negative that I think most everybody points to is this team on the defensive end of the floor. We saw it last year in the game against Purdue. We we saw it in a lot of games, really in the McCaffrey era, and outside of when they had Woodbury in the middle of things, this has not been a great defensive team. To get to those heights, to win a regular season crown, to get to a Final Four, you got to get some stops on the end other end of the floor. And it's not like Luka Garza is all of a sudden going to be, you know, Hakeem Olajuwon out there athletically. It's not like Jordan Bohannon is going to be Gary Payton. These guys are not plus defenders. How do you improve enough on that end of the floor when you know that the pieces are still the same, the guys are still the same? How do they get better on that side to get to those heights?
3: I think that's the thing, Trent, that's, that's really going to, you know, differentiate this team if, if, if they're going to be great. And if if that's it, if they. If they can play defense, because they've been they've been not good the last three or four years, you know, and they were getting better, I think, last year. Um, they don't have that that rim protector in the middle. I think that's what all those good college teams, even the pro teams, you know, if someone gets beat off the dribble. Who's there at the rim to block a shot or take a charge or just to just to alter the shot on the drive? They don't have that. Mm-hmm. I think they just got to you know they got to find a way. I think Joe Toussaint and T.J. Frederick are going to be really good on-the-ball defenders. I think t- Tucson's going to cause some problems for the other team's best, you know, one, two, or three. And then, you know, Garza's got to get better defensively. You know, he, would, he can score with anybody, but he, he struggles sometimes guarding those big athletic players from other schools. But the pieces are all there. So cautiously optimistic, is that the, is that the phrase we use?
1: That'll work. Wade Looking Bill is our guest. Wade, you know what I liked about yesterday listening to uh, Fran McCaffrey? They're not ducking these expectations one little bit. You know, you're going to find some coaches that'll try and uh, tamp things down a little bit. You know, don't want to get the guys playing too tight. And I think you you hit the nail on the head all the seniors on this team maybe if they were one of the a little bit uh of a younger team maybe McCaffrey would take a different approach but they welcome the expectations that are coming along with this season.
3: I think that's great. I mean just from what I've heard Kit uh, the 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 players say it's not even final four it's it's national championship and I think that's great. Why not? Why not try to win it all? You know, it's going to be a year like we've never seen and you know, there's the season starts, what, in 12 days? And Iowa's literally got two games scheduled right now. <laughs> right. Literally two games on the schedule. So it's just going to be one of those survival of the fittest. I think Iowa's going to benefit from that because they're deep. They got players. Mm-hmm. And they got guys they can bring in off the bench. And, you know, heaven forbid, if, if somebody tests positive, which which will happen. We've seen that through college football already. Yep. Um, they just got to be able to roll with it. And then you need quite a bit of luck, too. You know, like there's seven teams in the, in the top 25 from the Big Ten, so basically one-fourth of the top 25 teams are all from, from Iowa's conference. You know, it's one of those things where you got to stay healthy, you got to have a little luck, and then just get to the second weekend. I think that's the big thing. Win those first two games in, in, in March, and then you never know what happens.
2: You know the grind of the Big Ten. And in a Big Ten this year— we're still awaiting what the schedule is going to look like. 20 games has been what we've seen recently. There's still some murmurs. Maybe even they'll go a tick higher than that this year with non conference games just being so tenuous at this point. Going through the grind of that. And now with everything else, the other parameters are going to be there. How many times are these guys, these teams, going to fly in the day of and then leave after the game? That could be a real possibility. More bus trips. Also a possibility. If you can take us in the grind that you went through, and how much more difficult it could be for this team having to go through that with all the extras that are going to be a part of it.
3: Yeah, I thought I thought my my freshman year, my my, my first year in school, the grind was really tough. It, it's a long season, practice started earlier, um, and I've said this before. It, it's kind of goofy, but the but the court is, is is ten feet longer than a high school court. So just just the pure running up and down that much farther every day. It kind of gets to you, but again, with with Iowa, they got they got veteran players, and if I had to guess, I think they would only fly to, well, what would it be? Michigan, Michigan State, mm-hmm. Penn State, Maryland. Maryland I think right they bust to West Lafayette, maybe even Bloomington. Yeah. Um, I saw Wisconsin is going to play U and I. I think they yeah. got to look at some of those regional games. Why not drive over and play Creighton? Yeah. You know, meet here in Des Moines, and play Creighton. I, I think this is the year where the schedule is going to be so fluid. And then as a player, as a coach, even though it's really hard, you've got to block that stuff out mm-hmm. and just say, hey, let's practice today, let's enjoy today, be safe, be healthy, come back tomorrow. A
1: couple more minutes with Wade looking, Bill. Wade, uh, you mentioned Jack Nunji. There were times when both Garza uh, and Nunji uh, were, were part of the program. One night I thought Nunji was going to be better. The next night I thought, oh, Garza's way better. I was wrong on Nunji. So point being is, I think there's still a lot of upside for Jack Nunji. What about
3: you? Yeah, you know, again, he hasn't played, you know, in over two years. right? And he had 18 points at Ohio State as a freshman. People forget that. Now, I think he got a little bit big last year. He bulked up, I think, too much. I think the game has just changed where you don't want to be, you know, 6'10", 275. You want to be 6'10", 240. I think Luca's even leaned up a little bit. Just he's more fit and in better shape. But he's got a chance, you know, and he's got to play 20, 25 minutes. You know, I don't know if they're going to start him, but um, he's um he's got to be able to back up the four and the five and, Patrick McCaffrey's kind of the same way. You know, he's a kid that was, you know, basically a top 60 recruit, and you don't get that based on who your father is or, or what your last name is. And um, it sounds like he's more healthy. So, And this can be a problem, too, because, you know, Coach McCaffrey, I think he's had problems in the past or has struggled with playing too many guys. You know, I think last year when they had the eight-man rotation, when Bohannon was out, Temslow was kind of out, and Nunji was out, that's when they were at their best.
2: Connor McCaffrey was a big part of that, not playing point guard all the time, but playing the three or the four even at points. I would hate for Iowa to lose that party, and with it, Nungy getting too many minutes, if you will. Boy, that lineup was just so good, and there was something about Connor in that role, playing at the top of the key, getting the ball at the free-throw line. What a great passer he is, one of the top in the country in assist-to-turnover ratios. Kind of step-in-step with what you're saying there, Wade. Connor in that role, they still need to have that, in my mind, be a big part of what they're doing.
3: Yeah, Connor's going to play 25, maybe 30 minutes a game. By 25, but he brings a little bit of an edge.
0: Yep, I love that. He's got
3: that McCaffrey personality. Mm-hmm. You know, and they, they need that. They, they mm-hmm. you know, guards are a little bit like that, but Tucson's like that. You know, these camp's kind of reserved. Um, they need some of that toughness, especially with the way the Big Ten's gonna be. You know, whether it's Wisconsin or Illinois, Michigan State. I mean, there are some big physical teams.
1: Indeed. Wade looking, Bill. Thank you for what you do for us, Wade. We'll talk a bunch during the season. Can't wait, it's here. Plenty of expectations, gonna be a fun few months. Thank you, Wade, appreciate it.
3: Be safe, everybody.
1: Thanks. Yes, you do the same. weight looking, Bill, as we talk a little Iowa. Time for another thousand—basketball, another $1,000 handoff. Uh, Michael Osh has put out a really cool, for Hawkeye fans, mm-hmm. poll question at the Gazette. Okay. Would you rather, on November the 10th, read about—so we'll change that to hear about— Hawkeye football, basketball, or both. It's basically 33% for all. Oh, really? So far. Uh, anyways, uh, time for another $1,000 handoff. Text the keyword SMILE to 200 Right now, your chance to win a $1,000 SMILE to 200 You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Hi, Vinny Iyer, three-time Jeopardy! champion and covers the NFL for the sporting news. He's with Miller and Condon next. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO want us to learn more
0: ken miller trent condon
1: miller and condon on 1460 kxno and now on
0: 106.3 fm
3: this is kxno
1: Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty KX and oh one oh six point three FM. Coming up in about oh, less than an hour or so, Trent will be on our Facebook Facebook page. Is that what they're called? That, that's Facebook page. <laughs> yes. And you'll be trying to win a prize for Matt Breton of Altoona. All right, uh, Fiscus Jewelers, uh-huh. Mistress Brewings, and the good folks at Berkwood Farms. Uh, they are the uh, prizes that'll be available, and you'll do that live for Matt Bretton of Altoona, who apparently was coached. I want to get this right. Okay. I think he said Little League. Hang on a second here. Let me go to my, my Twitter.
3: You're uh, getting the info here.
1: Oh, I got the info, but Ross Peterson coached him. Oh, really? Yes. I can't find Ross's text. <laughs> okay. Well, anyways, I'm pretty sure Ross, uh, I know he did. There it is right there. Uh uh, he coached him in Little League 23 years ago. Little League, and now, now get the chance to. He's got to a win. chance. Uh, you're going you're gonna to help him out here. Well, working on Matt Rudy. I'm uh, Matt Rudy. Uh, working on Vinny Iyer, who was scheduled to join us, and hopefully uh, he'll be able to do so. If not today, we'll get him tomorrow because I'm interested in this. I really yeah, am. Yeah,
2: yeah. He was on Jeopardy. He was on there multiple days. And though it was a different era of Jeopardy, it was still Alex mm. Trebek. And. Yeah, the, the... I want to know
1: the behind-the-scenes stuff, right? The banter, the interaction with him. Was there any, I guess? so. Well, hopefully there'll the, come an opportunity. He, he's ready. He just okay. sent me a text. So you want to get Vinny Iyer, we will do that right now. Uh, and then in the 11 o'clock hour, we're going to head north. John Shipley from the St. Paul Pioneer Press started to tell you about the BMW Des Moines guest list earlier. I think I stopped. Uh, but we'll get John Shipley. We'll talk about the Gophers. We'll talk about the Vikings. And then Matt Rudy from Golf Digest will preview the Masters uh, coming up uh, at eleven thirty hour time, um, Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News. We will get into the football, but we want to start first of all with uh, uh, just his me- remember uh, memories rather of uh, his time on Jeopardy. Vinny Trenton, Ken, thank you for coming on. We've talked about this many times with you in the past, but I think it's obviously uh, in the uh, they're still in the shadows of uh, of Alex Trebek's passing. I think it's uh, pertinent to do so again. Good this. Speak with you, Finney, just before we get into what it was like in uh, the you know, some of the stuff as you take us behind the scenes, um, following you on Twitter as I do, and you certainly weren't alone. But a lot of people really affected when they got the news that you know it was inevitable because pancreatic, pancreatic cancer is one of the uh, worst cancers that you can be stricken with as far as uh, mortality rates, fatality rates. Uh, it affected you when you got the news, didn't it?
0: Yeah, because you typically don't see guys at that age continuing to work and on tv and they're present uh, there's usually something that happens with uh, johnny carson or legis philbin where they retire and then you don't see them for a while but to know that alex trebek was still doing his job and doing it at a high level even though he was extremely sick mm-hmm. but he said this is his duty he's got to keep bringing these shows to everyone and That is what's uh, so incredible about this, that uh, we didn't know exactly how sick he was. I mean, they put on some makeup, and he just goes and gets them every day. And you just think about what he's meant to a lot of people, that not just people that have been on the show, but he's their companion in their living room almost every day. I mean, you don't get very many people in this day and age where (laughs) you're tuning into the same program every single day, whether it's the Wheel of Fortune or Jeopardy and they're basically an extended part of your home. So when you think about that, I think a lot of people felt like they they knew him and they hoped that he was exactly the way he was on air, the kind of the contestants that little fun, good sense of humor, really smart. All of that was true. So if you did get a chance to meet him, you understood that pretty quickly, and he respected everyone equally, and he was hoping that you would do well. And then if you did well, you would uh, be behind your corner even more. So... I, I was fortunate to have all those different emotions there when I was on the show, and having won a few games, it also gets you a few more times where you get to interact with them. So, I'm uh, fortunate to have all those uh, memories, even though they're long ago, Yeah. a different time. Uh, it's still very special that uh, to meet someone of that uh, nature at any point in your life.
1: And I think you make a great point because Trent's that way, him and his wife for his appointment (laughs) television for them to watch watch the show. So I want to go behind the scenes, Vinny. Um, you, you, You mentioned that you played four games, you won your first three and got knocked out in the fourth, but they were all taped on the same day. Between tapings, I mean, how much interaction would you have with him, and what was that like? What were some of the—I mean, was it all game-related? Was he—would he share what's—would he be seemingly uh, genuinely asking about what's going on in your, in your life and the new contestants that would join after two of them would be knocked out? Take us behind the scenes between the games.
0: Yeah, I think the biggest thing is he's walking around making everyone feel welcome there, not just us, but people that have uh, come in the studio audience and maybe just make them feel a little bit loose. And then just things that he'll say to you, like, as you're walking off. And I I still remember that. And I wrote that in the story this week at Sporting News that I was a college student about to finish uh, up there at Northwestern and, uh, and heading into the final stretch of my senior year. And I, really wanted to do well in this uh, journalism industry. And I think he kind of uh, understood that a little bit and said, uh, you know, said those words, uh, good luck to everything you do in life, Vinny. And I thought that was pretty remarkable that after I had finished playing the game and he still took a moment to do that as he was walking away. So he's just one of those people, what you see is what you get highly intelligent, highly sensitive and uh, just uh a generally good-natured person that was fun to be around for
2: a while. It's a seemingly impossible hole to fill now. He was so professional. He got to work, and he would go through the clues and read. And you've heard these stories for years and years. There's a new book out on Jeopardy that i have just started cracking, and it's incredible just the amount of work that went into doing it the right way and Alex Trebek and being the right kind of person for that you know one other part that i think some people miss is when jeopardy when it was first came out in the 1960s it was coming off a lot of industry problems with game shows and quiz shows and yeah. and uh, well you've seen the movie and, yeah. and you know what happened back then so the interaction before you get to play how buttoned up is it there at jeopardy and how difficult is it to you get to meet alex trebek but you don't want to have kind of that I don't know, you don't want to have that connection where it feels like he's rooting for you, if you will.
0: Yeah, I, what typically happens is uh, they have a pool of people for that uh, one day of recording, which uh, they, if you look at it, they probably have to have about 12 to 15 people ready for that one day of recording, which is basically uh, a whole week's worth of episodes, five episodes, so you've got to have enough in the pool. And what happens is they just kind of pull your names out and... They pick you to play, and I was fortunate, I think, to play in the very first group on my day, because it didn't give you time to think a little bit, right. You're too nervous. you just said, I'm going to play, and he saw other people in the room, I mean, I remember somebody was on the floor lying down, taking deep breaths, because they were really nervous nice wow. to go on the show, and I said, I'm glad uh, that I'm going first, <laughs> and uh, just dove right into it, uh, you get comfortable very quickly, you get kind of thrown into it, and... You uh, put out your questions, what you're going to uh, to be kind of asked about personality-wise when you're on the show, so you have to fill out a little sheet with that, but uh, after you get settled and you're like, okay, this is real, I I know millions of people are watching, but it's just, oh, it's it's just a studio and a nice guy is asking us questions (laughs) and we're trying to answer them or answer us questions, whatever we want to say in that front, so it, it was a lot of fun, and I can't really say that I'm going to have a better experience mm-hmm. than just doing anything like that in my life. Mm.
1: So, Vinny, we know the show's a half an hour, um, and there's, what, three breaks, I think? So you're probably looking at, what, 22 minutes of actual... Airtime Was there ever, um, in the time you were there that they would get half through and they, oh, we got to start this segment over again? Or was it kind of like a well oiled machine that when they went, they were going to do this, um, you know, get this, bang this out pretty quickly? Because, like you say, they're taping a week's worth of shows in one day. What was that like?
0: Yeah. For me, I think we just went straight through. I didn't see anything that uh, we flubbed or got wrong. Uh, I can't remember from the editing process uh, the final version if there was something different. But uh, yeah, everyone was pretty calm and uh, collected and played the game like it usually was, and we were pretty efficient. And it is kind of very efficient. You can't believe that uh, you've been playing all these games and uh, in one day. So it's it's uh, just a remarkable production the way they're doing it. I'm sure also based on the schedule production, that there probably was an indication that, okay, he just felt like, I'm going to wrap it at the end of a week. And I think that's what they said, that they 35 final episodes to take. Mm-hmm. I think they probably said, okay, this is the stopping point, whatever happens after that. I think he probably got to a point where, you know, I can't do these shows the way I would like them anymore. And, and it, it's probably going to be tough. Uh, maybe we'll find out in the latter episodes if people knew that that was the final episode mm-hmm. that he was going to record or... Uh, the emotions were definitely pretty running pretty high, if you saw the opening uh, of uh, Monday's show. So yep. I expect we'll find out a lot more. And it's going to be tougher to watch here as we get closer to that uh, 35th final episode. And should they carry on with the show, Vinny? I think they should. I mean, there is just an immense sense of popularity. I don't think the show's ever been more popular. In fact, I mean, they're, they're putting all these prime time mega-tournaments. There's been uh, people like Julia and... Uh, James Holzhauer, <laughs> that have, uh, yeah. kind of captivated the country for a while. So I think it's going to keep going. I mean, Wheel of Fortune keeps going. Jeopardy going to keep going. It'll be interesting to see the host replacement here. I know they'll never be Alex Quebec, but you figure it has to be someone very polished, smart, and uh, read a lot of things fast and clearly. And uh, that's going to be the challenge of someone at that uh, intelligence level.
1: Uh-huh. I heard George Stephanopoulos might throw his hat in the ring, so we'll, we'll see. Uh, we're going to let's move to football, Vinny, and thank you for sharing your Jeopardy mem- uh, memory. Yeah, that was great. It really was a three-time champion. Got knocked out in the uh, uh, in your fourth taping. Uh, let's start with your Wildcats. You're a Northwestern grad. <laughs> I'm guessing when the schedule came out, uh, the television networks, even the most die-hard fans. Well, I'll tell you what. Coming up on the weekend of what will it be the 11th or whatever it is, this Northwestern Purdue game is going to be worth for all the marbles in the Big Ten West. Vinny, you have to be ecstatic with the way these cats are playing. The comeback at Kinnick Stadium, uh, just the way that they're doing it. Peyton Ramsey looks legit. Your cats, Vinny, off to a really good start.
0: Yeah, I can't complain with this, and uh, they're ranked uh, 23 in both the uh, AP and coaches polls. So a pretty good start. It took a while. I mean, we're still looking up at teams like Liberty, so <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> still some work to do. I mean, Liberty's been pretty good, and you can't uh, take that away. They won at Virginia Tech, but. Looking at this game, yeah, I didn't expect Purdue already to be a big game here because Wisconsin, who knows what's going to happen with them. I assume they're going to play this week, and they've already reached the max threshold Mm -hmm. of missing games here in this uh, conference, and you don't know what's uh, going to happen going forward, how they're going to perform and respond. So I think what I'm proud of is that we had a lot of people just kind of say, how are teams going to react? And I think Northwestern is one of those teams where – just wearing that and playing for Pat Fitzgerald is going to make you play hard, even though maybe the stakes are not what you expect. And I think that's been the case. And let's be honest. I mean, the stakes in the big 10 are just who can uh, get to the championship game and lose to Ohio state. I
3: mean, that's <laughs> yeah.
0: the stakes. I mean, uh, that's all we're hoping for. And just go to a good bowl game, compete hard to get better uh, recruits and uh, make people want to wear that end more and more. And, to me, I, th- I think that's what it is. Is some of these uh, players I could see, some of these teams you see ACC wherever they've checked out a little bit. Like their coaches can't get them to motivate as much when the bowl games don't mean as much. There's not the playoffs on the line. So how do you respond when you're one of those teams that isn't the top four in the country or way at the bottom? I mean, that's really the question. I think it's the muddled middle here throughout. So I really like the way they responded. I think having a Peyton Ramsey in there, knowing all these Big Ten teams and their defenses, and having had some success against them, I think that's a big difference. Having a quarterback just knows the Big Ten but is already pretty polished here to play. And you look at the running game, I think Mike Bajakin was a great hire from Boston College as an offense coordinator. People have been screaming about changing the offense coordinator for years. They finally get the change, and you see the results here. So very excited. I'm not sure what to think about this game. It's going to be pretty tough. Purdue uh, playing pretty well as well. So two surprises early in the Big Ten, but I'm looking forward to it.
2: Well, of course, we saw both those teams beat the Hawkeyes. And for my money, I think Northwestern's the better team, but we'll see uh, coming up on Saturday night. To the NFL, Vinny, and, well, it's 2020, so, you know, things are going to be goofy. With the Masters happening this weekend, that coverage will conclude about 2 o'clock. That means the early window... It's all Fox games. There's nothing on CBS because CBS's games all move to the afternoon window. And the first time that I can ever remember, there are more late afternoon games than the it's noon crazy. games here, Central Time. Kickoff six in the late window and five in the early window. What a weird season.
0: Yeah, for sure. And the uh, Masters are this weekend. That's going to be played in the middle of this. And the only thing made the joke is that uh, this is uh, like it was about 20 years ago when Drew Brees. Tom Brady and the Tiger Woods were all at the top of their Mm games. It's still the same deal going into this week. So, yeah, I would to see what uh, goes on there. Obviously, you want to have Jim Nance on these games. Mm -hmm. I I think this is a better way. I I wish the NFL would really take the college approach and do a TBD. I know it's harder with the fans and Mm trying to get them, but right now there are no fans in most cases. So uh, I wish they would just kind of evaluate the games. I mean, I know the Patriots-Jets was entertaining, but – To me, it still wasn't a relevant game to me in the end. Like, okay, fine, the Patriots won that game, but just kept losing. But, okay, it was entertaining, but it could have been just like a random uh, Mountain West game on Thursday (laughs) night, too, with two teams that are not going anywhere. So I just wish they would think about it every week and try to get the best possible matchups. I think having the flexibility has been important because you never know what teams are going to fade and just not be as good. Now we're going to see the Patriots and Ravens in prime time. So... Very interesting that uh, you get uh, these different matchups and games are changing every week. And the NFL just has to be as more adjusting than it already is with the schedules to get the best possible matchups and the best possible time spot.
1: Vinny, we have 45 seconds left. The Chiefs go into their bye week. Do they look like a re- – I mean, they're clearly a repeat candidate, 8-1. Are they better perhaps this year than they were last year at this point of the season? Could you make that case?
0: Definitely, I mean, because they've done it. They know that this makeup of team is going to win big, and there's no question about it. There's very little change. That couple of different uh, options on the offensive line. And then you had Damon Williams leave, but I think you're pretty fine when you have uh, Clyde edwards and Le'Veon Bell to replace him. So uh, I think this team, Patrick Mahomes is playing better. They're in a groove all, all together. They're consistent now. Their defense did. A lot more points than we thought against Carolina. But Carolina, it took a lot of amazing, crazy plays to keep Carolina in that game. So I, I kind of chalk it up to this team's going to be focused. You have one interception. Patrick Mahomes was just crazy after all this time and how much he throws and having 25 TDs. So it's it's quite amazing. I think the Chiefs are still, when you look at having the Saints having some problems at some point, they got better now. The Packers have had their issues. The Bucks have had their issues. Seahawks have problems, the Bills and Titans you're not sure about, the Steelers even though they win every week and there's still a lot of things you want to question about the Steelers but the Chiefs to me, I don't know what you question. If they have one bad game, they might lose but the chances of that that, Patrick Mahomes seem very slim at this point. Indeed, Vinny, thank
1: you for sharing your memories of uh, your time on uh, Jeopardy. Uh, I think our audience appreciates that as do Trent and myself. And we'll talk to you in the weeks ahead, Vinny Iyer. Thank you, Vinny. You can read them at the Sporting News Vinny Iyer. Vinny, thank you.
0: All right, Thanks. Have a good one, guys.
1: Yeah, you do the same, Vinnie Iyer. Uh, joining us, we take a trip down memory lane. Come back, finish up the hour. Are going to head north to the Twin Cities with John Shipley from the St. Paul Pioneer Press, previewing the Gophers and the Hawks. Are the Vikings a legitimate playoff contender, or maybe not legitimate, but a playoff contender? And then, Masters conversation. Trent and I, Miller and Condon, till noon. Fourteen sixty KXNO one zero six. Hi, right, Miller and Condon, welcome back. Final couple of minutes here of our number one. At some point in the next day or so, we've got a preview what you and Joe Stacy will be doing on yeah. uh, on Friday night. We've nearly touched the high school uh, as they had a couple of big results from over the weekend. So where are we at 4A-wise, and what will we be doing on K on Friday?
2: So we're down to the final four. It's a move to the Unidome, and it will be the first game, 4 o'clock kickoff, Southeast Poke taking on undefeated Pleasant Valley. How about that for the number 1 team? Mm, You get the undefeated team from the other side of the state. Legit, Trent, they put a whooping on Iowa City West. And I told you a week ago, a lot of people really like that Iowa City West team. Uh Marcus Morgan, their quarterback, and they put it to them. They jumped out early. Very physical team, and that's what Southeast Polk is built upon. So should be a really good one. That'll be four. We'll have the play-by-play here. No Fanatics on Friday. You'll have to get Chris's picks a day early. He'll have those on Thursday. And uh, I talked to Chris about that a little bit last week. But he'll have his picks out there. He's trying to chase me down. So after two and three, he's getting a little bit closer out of the season. But uh, that'll be on Thursday. But, yeah, Friday, 4 o'clock with the kickoff. Southeast Polk against Pleasant Valley. Then 7.30. It'll be Dowling Catholic against Ankeny. Winner of those move on to the following Friday night. And we'll have the play-by-play
1: for the championship game mm. in 4A. So, um not knowing, so, so let's let's move Southeast Polk through. Do you think Men- that's fair? Yep. Okay. So, what would be the better championship game? Hmm. What has a chance to be you know on the edge of your seat in the fourth quarter? Ankeny or Dowling?
2: I think it's Ankeny just because of the weapons they have offensively and because they can go so much deeper. Lencer's a really nice tight end for Dowling. They got a good running game, but they've been playing a two quarterback system. Jace Bauer for my money. He's the best quarterback in Central Iowa, the quarterback for Ankeny. Mm-hmm. Arlen Bruce, Brody Breck, mm-hmm. two Iowa recruits, a good offensive line, and a defense that's played a lot better for Ankeny than I think people thought coming into the season. I think because of the the firepower and the names that go along with it, it'd be Ankeny Southeast Polk. And Plus, we get to rekindle that old rivalry oh, yeah. for a state championship.
1: Right. Yeah, that That'd was pretty be pretty good. good. Yeah. In I, I know the... the
2: story of Dowling looking for their eighth. Uh-huh. That would also be good. The good thing is we get to play it off on the field, and we'll see who comes
1: out and who's going to play a- for indeed. that title. Well, we will do something with that. Uh, maybe we'll get Cody Goodwin in here, and uh, I'll listen to you two opine what you <laughs> think is going to happen. Uh, we know what's going to happen coming up. John Shipley, formerly of the Des Moines Register, just uh, spoke to a nice fellow during the break, filed by the name of Paul who was there with John Shipley and with my old partner, Bob Dyer. It was good to reminisce about a couple of Bob Dyer stories. But uh, John Shipley's going to be here. We'll pine on the Gophers and the Vikings. And then golf conversation at the bottom of the hour. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM.